Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. Yeah, what are we covering today, Ian? Um, I think we're covering a movie called People Under the Stairs, Zachary. Yeah. This is a wonderful film by Wes Craven, 1991, I believe. He wrote it and directed it. I, I love Wes Craven's stuff. I was thinking about, like, Wes Craven versus John Carpenter, which seems blasphemous anyway. But, um... Wes Craven has a lot more iconic hits, I feel like, under his belt than maybe John Carpenter does. See, I'm okay with you saying that, but I would have been afraid to say that to you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to get ripped apart by, like, horror fans. This this movie is partially based on a true story, I found out. So, um, Craven had seen a news story about two burglars who broke into somebody's house, and, uh... That led, there was like an order of events that led to law enforcement discovering that um, children were being locked away by their parents inside that house. So, you know what? That sounds familiar. I think maybe I did know that. Even in Los Angeles too, yeah, which is where this film takes place. Um, and I think, I think, so there was a period of time where like Craven was wanting to do remakes of all of his movies. So he was wanting to do like, uh, he did do um Last House on the Left, um, and that one didn't do as great, and so the remake for this one was was shelved. But I think recently, as recent as like 2020, I think Jordan Peele's producing a remake to this one. So, I could get into that. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Because I think this movie's good, but like could use some tweaks, and I feel like with someone like Jordan Peele, if he just like takes the story and like tweaks it a little bit, it would be like really good. Well, I think I think some tweaks definitely, but I thought you know what? Because I, I remember this movie from from when I was a kid, but I only remember it in like flashes. I don't. I as we were watching it, I realized I didn't remember. I didn't know any of the storyline. Yeah. Um, I just remembered some of the images in it, um, and I think some tweaks, yes. But I thought it was on on this watch. I thought it was such a stellar movie. I thought it was so great. I really liked it. I think this has to be one of my favorite horror movies now. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think good. So. I just, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I saw the dog too much. There was too much slip sliding around that house. <laughs> there wasn't enough, like, actual horror going on. It was more like, yeah. these kids are Scooby-Doing it around this spooky-looking house. That is what it's like, isn't it? Scooby-Doing <laughs> yeah. it. That's what they were doing around the entire house. There was a point in the movie, and I guess we'll get to that, where I was kind of like, hmm, well... Where's the ending here? Yeah. <laughs> When's the ending coming? It was like, oh, we're uh, redoing everything we've already done. Yeah. But yeah. I did like it, yes. Yeah, it was good. It was good. So, uh, well, let's get into it then. Uh, our main character is 13-year-old Fool, who... What's his, what's his actual name? I forgot. It's Fucking Poindexter? Poindexter. <laughs> <laughs> My Which first... already seems like a, a nickname in and of itself. Like, wh who names their child Poindexter and then gives him the nickname <laughs> Fool? Like, oof. Yeah, I, my first note just says in all caps, this kid's name is Fool? Um, yeah. But... That's Wes Craven writing. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying to do some sort of like double meaning there. Um, he's he's like a thirteen year old kid. He's uh, he's a black kid in like one of the poorer neighborhoods of Los Angeles. Um, the actor is actually Brandon Adams, um, and I remembered him from something. Um, and I looked him up, and uh, he was in the Moonwalker movie. He played Michael Jackson. He was in Sandlot. He was in like Mighty Ducks. He was like apparently he was in a whole lot of things um, as a kid. He's been working since he was like a little little kid. So, 
That was cool. Um, I, I looked landlord. his recent stuff up, and he was only in, like, it was like one episode here, one episode there of, like, a couple yeah. of TV shows. I didn't look his recent stuff up. And then the, the people who played Mommy and Daddy, they... I, I, I'm going to hate saying mommy and daddy this entire episode, but we're going to do it, everybody. I hope you feel the cringe. <laughs> um, they, just, like, they actually don't know put... how to say that either. Like the way, the only way I can take it seriously is if it's spelled in a Spanish way with like the I, like M A M I, because that's how my grandma's name was always spelled in like our phone book as kids and shit. But like saying it with like the M M Y and the D D Y, I just like immediately go to porn. I'm like, yeah. you don't say daddy unless you're like in a porn, right? <laughs> I've only ever heard, you know, I've never said daddy. I'm pretty sure even as a kid, I never said daddy. Um, I don't think I said mommy. I was mama or mom. Um, so I said I said mommy because I remember like being nine and being made fun of for it. And then I stopped saying it forever. Yeah. Um, but the, the actors who play this couple, they actually play a couple in Twin Peaks too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I looked it up because I was like, I knew I was like recognizing them and I do like Twin Peaks. Um, and then I looked up and apparently Wes Craven liked them so much as they play a couple in Twin Peaks. They were even in the revival. Uh, yeah. They came back See, for it. I haven't seen Twin Peaks. I really, I, I feel like I need to watch it. I feel like it's something I'm missing out on. Um, I have a very weird relationship with it because like. <laughs> of course you do. Well, of course you do. <laughs> no, because there's some, I really. There's parts of it I love, and there's parts of it that I think are fucking garbage. Um, and the fans of it, I'm so sorry, Adam Sass, I love you. The fans of it are, like, <laughs> intense, and you have to say it's 100% perfect, otherwise fuck you. Um, so it gets, like, a, and, like, the same way Buffy fans are, I feel like there's, like, a sect of, like, gay Buffy fans that kind of, like, I'm not because I think I'm a dummy, to, I'm, like, a dummy. And I'm, like, sure, yeah. I just like things, but, like, that will push up their glasses to be, like, I'm different because I like Buffy. I don't like you know, pop stars. Like there's, that's definitely like apply that to Twin Peaks, but times a thousand. Um, Cause like the revival, I've never done this before. I gave up on the revival with 30 minutes left of the last episode because I was so mad at the way he had treated all of the returning characters got shit on so much. Um, and then the one new character that I loved died like halfway through or like two it's episodes. 30 before. minutes. You could have like seen it through to the end. I could have. You're right. But I literally <laughs> paused it and I made Adam Sass spoil it for me. Cause I was like, I fucking hate this. And then I never went back to it. <laughs> we're going to, for the next episode of my bloody Judy, everybody, we're going to be doing the uh, season finale of Twin Peaks. The revival. <laughs> that, that little bitch, Adam Sass ain't watching this episode anyway. He's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so there's another guy from the same neighborhood that fool lives in named Leroy. And so fool learns from Leroy that, uh, he and his family are being evicted from their apartment building. Um, also fool's mother has cancer. But they cannot afford to take his mother to the hospital. They're in, like, really dire situation. But apparently, so so mommy and daddy are the landlords <laughs> of, <laughs> of this. They, they're the landlords of, like, tons of buildings in this neighborhood. Right. And apparently their whole stick is that they uh, wait for a tenant to be late on rent. And it says in the fine print uh, on their contracts that if they fall late... Um, it says in the contract that they have to pay triple the rent or get out. And so that is the, the mommy and daddy have been collecting money and getting rich off of <laughs> every time I say it, you start laughing. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, tell me about daddy, Zach. <laughs> oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to make it the most obnoxious as I can every time I say it. Um, uh, but also, Leroy is played by Ving Rhames, who I yeah, had no yeah. rec- recollection of him being in this movie. I don't, I, I'm telling you, man, I do not remember hardly anything. I do not remember his character in this damn movie. And you think he's going to be like the father figure, paternal, you know, right. substitute father for this poor fucking kid who goes through the fucking ringer in this movie. No, that's not going to happen. So basically. I got to say, though, the thing I like about the kid and not that this is realistic, because I would be very upset, but the kid kind of is like, well, fuck you too, to Leroy all the time. Like, he's not really too <laughs> pressed about what an asshole Leroy is. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just that way they kind of grew up. It's like everybody's fending for themselves. But, like, Fool wants to get out of there, and he wants to be a doctor, and, like, he's just stuck in his situation, you know? Um, his mom's probably gonna die, and so... He doesn't have very many options, and Leroy basically just shoots it to him straight, and he says, hey... You know, your mom's going to die, you're going to get evicted, and you're never going to get out of this hood. But if you come with us, me and my buddy Spencer, we're going to go rob mommy and daddy's house. (laughs) Uh, You can, you can, uh, this is, we're so immature. (laughs) You can come, uh, come rob this house with us and we're going to, we're going to take a bunch of their money and I guess it's like a gold coin collection or something is what they're going for. Um, yeah, I will say the setup was a little like, it's just like, there's a treasure. Here you go. <laughs> I feel, and I feel so weird just saying like they're out hunting for treasure, but that's basically what they're doing. Um, and so like, what else does fool have to do but say yes? So he goes along with it. Um, and I feel bad for this kid because he's like the man of the house. He's supposed to be the man of the house. And, and, and you the know, mom says that to him explicitly with like, on her deathbed, she's like, you gotta be the man of the house. Yeah, and it's like, the man for fucking who? He's a little kid. Yeah. Um, but, uh, where am I? Because how old, would you say he's like, what, 12, 10? Oh, he's 13. He's 13 oh, because okay. this happens like the day after, oh, right. on the first day of his 13th birthday, so they try to make it a, a point to say. Um, so they go, they, they go to the... I think it's Robson's. Is it Robson's house? I don't know. Mommy, Daddy's house. And um, it's this big, massive house on the block. It's like painted in dark colors. There's like these bars on the outside, but all of the padlocks to these bars are also on the outside. So obviously something's up with this house. Um, and they send in <laughs> they send in Fool first to kind of scope the place out. He's dressed like a Boy Scout. Well, wait. So before we get to that, this the scene that I vividly remembered is the scene we get to set up the parents and them being abusive. They're like giving their daughter food and the mom, you you know that she's feeding someone and the mom's like, where's the fork? And we see a (gasps) hand. Oh, I did forget that. Yeah. Yeah. That scene terrifies as a child, even though it's like, that's actually not a scary thing. It's like, oh, that the like ghoul is helping the child. It's not scary, but like that scared me. Yeah. So much, because, like, I don't know, I mean, everyone did, right? I grew up in a house with big vents, so in my head, I was like, there could be a ghoul in these vents, like, taking my forks. Um, and it's this, like, white, it, it's just, like, pale, pale hand with, like, really long, gross nails. fingernails. And, yeah. Yeah, it's, it is scary. I remember from being a kid, this movie scaring me a lot with the imagery. I think the imagery is what, what sticks with you, definitely. But see, that's why I think updated, it could work better, because now the imagery isn't really scary, um, mm-hmm. Just because it feels dated, there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. It just like feels dated. Well, so I think uh, I think updated. I hope they bring mommy and daddy into the real world a little bit more because we didn't really see them interact with anybody, like going to the store or anything like that. And we're supposed to believe that they're on the outside. This you know, 
well-to-do family who really doesn't have any problems, but uh, we don't see them like we already see them and they're, they are already kind of fucked up and we can realize and recognize that they're fucked up. So it would, it would, I think help the story lot a little bit if we saw them out in the world, maybe grocery shopping and like coming off as normal to everybody else. Um, Which we do get a little bit with the cops later, but kind of, but even still, we already know that they're like weird by then. So I don't know. But, um, yeah, so they, they send fool up to the house first. Meanwhile, they're in their van across the streets, kind of scoping the place out and fools dressed as like this boy scout selling cookies for like, I don't remember what it was like scoliosis or something like that. <laughs> and, um, obviously mommy is a racist, so she's not going to listen to anything little fool has to say. Um, and she shuts the door in his face, and so they send up Spencer next, and Spencer is dressed as, like, this maintenance man. And he's, like, easily able to convince her and get her into the house. And um, Okay, so this is a question I have. So when they—okay, so Spencer goes into the house, and not too long after that, Mommy and Daddy leave in their car. Um, did they kill Spencer? Um, I assume—so, because she doesn't—I don't think she's buying him— at all. I think she's letting him in to kill him. Yeah. Like I, because she looks at the ring on his hand. That's like a, a image we go back to a few times is the oh, ring on his they? hand. Did she? Um, okay. Yeah. Her eyes go to the ring. Cause he's holding up that clipboard. Her eyes go to like the skull ring he has. Mm-hmm. And then she lets him in. And then she looks around to make sure no one else is out there. And I think she okay. was like, Oh, it's in the basement. Go check. And then, you know, maybe hits him with a shovel. And then cause they show his hand later and they're like, ghouls have eaten part of his hand. Yeah, so she, okay, okay, then yeah, they definitely killed him, and I think seeing the reed, ring is kind of pointing out the greed, because they, I mean, they're they're driven by greed, basically, um, is their big motivation here. Well, uh, I assume that that meant, like, she assumed he was lying, like, that somehow she was like, oh, well, if he's wearing this ring, he must be a lie, I don't know why the fuck that would be, but, like, sure. <laughs> Well, while, um, because, because mommy and daddy have left, so Leroy and Fool are sitting in the van across the street, kind of waiting for Spencer to come out or give a signal or something, and they don't hear anything from him, so they assume that he's in there getting the treasure for himself. So they go in, and they break into the house, and are immediately attacked by this giant-ass Rottweiler, who, I was, oh my gosh, Rottweilers always scare the shit out of me. When I was like 13, 14 years old, I used to babysit these kids, who had this massive fucking Rottweiler, and one day this Rottweiler, like, he was always nice to me, but he all, one day he decided he didn't like me. And so he um, had me like pinned into a corner, just like growling at me. And I had to stand in that corner because these were young kids, so they couldn't do anything. But I stood in that corner literally an hour until um, their parents got home and called the dog off because he like sat just growling at me in that corner. And it was fucking terrifying. And so Jesus it's basically Christ. what's going on. I know it's basically was, I never babysat for them again. <laughs> <laughs> Not because my parents said no. <laughs> They wouldn't have given us yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they 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 outwit this Rottweiler and they go searching the house. Fool goes down to the basement and this is fucking scary. Like he goes down to the basement, and he gets freaked out and he's about to leave, and he hears like whispering and he's like, "I'm not I'm not gonna be chicken, you know. I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go down there." And that, I like, really like that scene. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like you fucking idiot, you fool, you're a well, fool. But I like that he. I like that we get at least the beat of him being like, nope, yeah. I'm going upstairs. And the only reason he goes back is because Leroy's been such a dick and yeah. been like insulting him. And he's like, mm, wait, no, I could do this. I'm going to prove this to Leroy. Cause I could see little kid me 
No, no, little Jimmy would have still been too terrified. But I can see a kid <laughs> that is not me as a kid being like, wait, I am going to prove myself to this adult who like keeps making fun of me. Yeah. So it wasn't just like he was like, he wasn't like blindly. I mean, he was, but you know what I mean? At least there was like a reason. Yeah, no, I think I think I if I would have thought in that sort of context that if you don't go down there, you're chicken, then um, I probably would have gone down there and then I would have died. Yeah, you been just like fool. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> so he went. He goes down there, and it's just so creepy. Like all of this imagery. Oh, I'm telling you, it's just so creepy. And like, there's a there's a part where he like turns the TV kind of, and then this gust of like dust just hits him in the face, and uh, it's this really effective jump scare. And I feel like any jump scares that happen in this movie are well earned. A jump scare can either be really good or really bad. I mean, it's it's good if it's earned and it's not ridiculous. And then there's, you know, the jump scare that just comes with loud music and there's no build up to it. And so the jump scares in this movie, I think, are done really well. Um, but he basically sees other people on the other side of like this this gate. And then but he we, sees we can't Spencer's like quite body. see them. Yeah. Just flashlights. I think he sees flashlights, right? Just they coming have, at him. Yeah. Um, and then he sees Spencer's body. Um, and Spencer did. And so he goes up to get Leroy. And at that same moment, the, the mommy and daddy come home. And so Leroy and fool are running around trying to get out of this house. Um, well, so it's important to also point out that Spencer has, even though he was dead, he had like a coin in his hand. Yeah. And so he pried the coin from like his cold dead hands. So he knew that Spencer found whatever treasure they had yeah. been looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, and um, then, so, but someone, before he runs out, uh, one of the ghouls jumps on his back. Yeah. Um, and immediately, I will say, immediately I was like, wait, is that not a ghoul? Because, like, Roach looked more normal. Like, he didn't it, seem... Uh, it's this... And Roach is played by this actor that, like, everybody's seen in, like, a bunch of different movies, but I, I don't remember the actor's name. He's one of the McPoyles from <laughs> It's Always Sunny. That's what I think of him as. I don't know, yeah. Um, so... Fool and Leroy are trying to figure out how to get out of this house while mommy and daddy know that somebody is in the house and they're hunting down whoever's in this house. Um, and I, you know what I was surprised about is how Leroy died. I didn't expect Leroy to die so quickly. Yeah. Um, because and this is where this is where we say that he's not paternal at all. Like they're looking for a place upstairs to hide, and um, Leroy goes in this closet, and fools about to, trying to go in there with him. <laughs> Leroy's like, "No, you're you're on your own," and pushes him out of the closet and and closes the door. He's like, mm, "Fuck you, every man for himself." Um, My notes here just say, "God, a lot is happening," and I didn't take enough notes on what's happening. <laughs> You know what? This movie, for a while, the movie moves really fast. And it's like, I would say the first, like, 45 minutes are, like, very It was an fast. hour. No, I was checking. It was, I was checking. Hour? So between the beginning and when he actually, like, calls the cops, it's like an hour. So it felt like, I don't know, it felt like the movie was going to be, you know, use its its pacing really well. Um, uh, the, Leroy. The, the chasing is just, my issue is that there's too much chasing and the house isn't big enough. Like, yeah. if we're going to do so much chasing, the house should be as big as, like, the house in Ready or Not. So that way there's, like, always a different room, and it's not, like, the same five rooms. Yeah, and even if it's not as big, then it needs to be on, like, a bigger plot of land. Because yeah. we're on, like, just, like, not even an a acre suburban, of land. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, Leroy end up, ends up getting shot. He uh, he gets shot by Daddy, who's running around with, the, like, a shotgun. But Daddy doesn't know that there's anybody else there. He suspects it. He's looking around, but he doesn't know that fool's there. So... Um, mm, shoot me, Daddy. <laughs> use your gun on me, Daddy. <laughs> uh, 
fool escapes into the wall and this house I, I i will say it is just massive like there's not a lot of rooms there's not a lot for these chasings to go on for as long as they are but i always in my head try to put together like a floor plan and I could not, for the life of me, put together a floor plan for this damn house. Yes, because I think it's right after this when he comes out on the other end of an open hallway in another hallway. Which and was that's... weird. It was like a whole other section of this house. Right. Yes. I was going to say, for me, I was like, is he in the upside down? Like, what? Did he go to, like, a secret <laughs> wing? Because it felt like the upstairs of that house wouldn't actually be that big. Yeah. Um, and it looked immediately dirtier. Like, the bathroom he finds a little girl in. Felt like it was like the house you don't go with, like the the abandoned part of the house almost. And it's weird that it would have an abandoned, it's almost like an apartment building, right? It's like, it would be like another floor of an apartment building because there's a whole like hallway full of rooms and bathrooms and like, it's, I don't know, it's, it makes me wonder why they like boarded up that side of the house. Um, so the parents find Fool and this is a moment when I was like, wait, we just like breezed past the horror moment. Because they find Fool, they take Fool and Leroy to the basement, and he has already opened up Leroy and is feeding Leroy to the ghouls in the basement. Yeah. For me, that's like, if we're doing a horror movie, we should pause on, like, <laughs> the kid being terrified that they're ripping open his friend and eating parts of him. Like, that That should be, like, a more moment of terror. And the kid's kind of, I mean, I appreciate that he's consistent, but he's kind of, like, eyes on the prize, I'm getting out of here. Like, he doesn't seem like... As upset as, like, one would be if their friend is being eaten, like, eaten? Well, yeah, that's horrifying. I get it. I do get it. But also... <laughs> You're every, like, whatever. Like, everything Leroy has kind of seen, like, he, they they show his apartment building in the beginning, and it's, like, you know, drug addicts and drunks, like, you know, lining the staircases, which is not the same thing. <laughs> I was as, just like, like, it is I, not I, Seeing same. a man being pulled <laughs> apart and, like, thrown to the wolves. But, like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's seen some shit, and so we're supposed to believe that he's just eye on the prize all the time. Um, I will say, like, there's there was a part in this that uh, I totally thought it was part of the score. I thought it was, like, The Shining when we hear Roach's, like, m loud moaning and, like, shouting throughout the fucking halls. And we don't, like, it, it's just, like, uh, it is the creepiest fucking moaning I've ever heard. Um, and I thought it was, like, The Shining score, but it's not part of the score. It's just part of the... This is voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Roach is a, is a, is a kid that mommy and daddy kidnapped. Um and they cut out his tongue because I guess he was talking evil. So that's a big thing with mommy and dad. Alice, Alice says that he tried to call for help. Yes, he tried to call for help. So that's technically speaking evil. And mommy and daddy are very religious. And anybody they don't like, you know, burns in hell. They can burn in hell. And that means, you know, go sick them and go kill them. And so they cut out, mommy cut out Roach's tongue. And Roach. Yet fucking your brother and or sister is not oh a reason to go to not. hell. I guess it's not. This fucking inbred family. <laughs> <laughs> I went to school in Alabama. I saw a few of these. <laughs> God. Uh, Roach escaped the basement, though, so he's been living in the walls. And so um, it, it seems like Daddy's always running around the halls trying to blow, you know, holes through the the walls trying to kill kill Roach. Um, Did Daddy already put on his Leather Daddy outfit? He... I think he's running around with it. Yeah, I think so. It's this weird, like <laughs> almost American horror story, Evan Peters rubber suit. <laughs> I just like that. It's I, like he gets changed <laughs> into that to hunt these people. That would take in, a while. In my notes, I just wrote down daddy's suit. But then like I was going to finish that note. I just didn't. I did. There's a lot in here. We have to get through. <laughs> daddy wears a suit sometimes, guys. Daddy wears a suit. Um, but like basically mommy and daddy have been kidnapping boys to find like the perfect brother for Alice, their daughter. 
Um, and if they're bad or deemed unworthy, they're locked in the basement. But so I, I like missed the dialogue, but I wasn't sure. Does Alice say they cut off their ears or like their dicks? Because Alice says when they're naughty, they, she cuts off their parts. She like says something specifically like that. She didn't like say that. dicks, did she? I no, don't remember that. No, I, I think she uses the word parts. That's what I meant. So I wasn't mm. sure if it was like implied one way or the other. Just meant like, I don't know, they kind of torture them. Because the ghouls don't really talk. Oh, shit. I don't know. I, yeah, I missed that part. Some See, there's a lot of, like, the movie kind of, like, I need to watch it again, because I'm, I'm confused by some things. Um, but at, at some point, Roach kind of rescues Fool, and he, Alice, and Fool, like, are in Alice's bedroom, kind of just, like, on the floor talking, having a little, right. like, powwow. I, I, I cannot stand fucking scenes like this. I hate when characters need to be hustling and they need to be bust, you know, busting their ass to get out of there. And they're just sitting around talking. This happens in the handmaid's tale all the time. <laughs> and it is the most stressful fucking thing. Um, and they're all sitting around, but like, we're getting exposition here and we're getting like, um, some background about like Roach. And I just imagine you'd be like, Ian, we need to fucking move. I'm like, Zach, you're really hurting my feelings at the they're way like, you're talking hey. to me. They're like, they're like, excuse me, Zach, excuse me. We need to hear Roach's story really <laughs> fast. It's like, no, we don't. Let's get out of the fucking house real quick. <laughs> I'm like, Zach, you're being very rude to our new friend, Roach. <laughs> Oops, <Daddy>. we're all dead. <laughs> oh, daddy. Um. <laughs> so they, they run from the dog again. There's a, another thing I have in my notes is I can't believe the dog is the main obstacle and not the goblins in the basement. Yeah. It is very, oh, it's like a choice. I uh, For me, it was like, I oh, get rid of the dog. I'm tired. Like, I hate when a dog is in a movie because yeah. it just is like, I don't know, especially in an older movie, you always see, like, that dog's not anywhere near these people, and, like, when it is, it's a stuffed animal. Um, I don't know. I needed to see the dog actually, like, eat Ving Rhames' fingers off before I felt he was, like... Uh, yeah, I hate seeing a dog in, like, movies like this, and I, I always count, like, how much screen time the animal gets, because if they get too much screen time, they're probably gonna die. And I hated seeing the dog in this for so long, because as much as the dog was like a little asshole, I did not want the dog to die. <laughs> but, um, I think right before the dog dies, though, because I don't, I think full, uh, Roach is dead by then. So I think right Roach before, dies pretty quickly after. Yeah, I think, I think that before the dog dies, um, Roach, which they built up to be this pretty big character, and I was surprised that that one, like, there's a lot of people who die in the first half of this movie. Um, and Roach is, like, helping Fool, like, kind of escape, and uh, Daddy shoots Roach, and Roach dies, but before Roach dies, Roach kind of shows Fool the way out, and, and tells him, and tell yeah, the gold, he gives him, like, a bag of gold, shows him the way out, and, like, writes Alice, so he wants him to go get Alice, and rescue Alice, too. And so, Fool tries to go rescue Alice, they're hunted down by this dog, uh, they, they trick they're like they're in the walls. Most of these chasings are in the walls. So as this dog's running after them in the walls, um, they somehow trick Daddy into stabbing the dog instead of them, and then they get away and they escape to the attic. And in the attic, they they look out of the window, and it's this is probably my favorite part of the movie because like traditionally the ghetto is meant to be this like really dark, seedy place, and it's not safe, and like that's how society looks at the ghetto now anyway. Um, but in this movie, the ghetto is like lit up. It's like it's there's all these lights and it's like the safe haven. It's the safety place that they need to get to. And they are in the suburbs. That's just really dark and like everything looks cold and evil. And um, 
So they need to jump off the roof. <laughs> There's like a pond down below and they need to jump off the roof. Uh, but Alice won't do it because she's a little bitch. Um, Ian, if I tell you to jump off the roof, you're jumping off the motherfucking roof. Um, I think I would probably just make you hold my hand because I would be scared, but I would be scared enough. <laughs> There's not enough. Ro- There's not enough room in that pond for us to hold hands and jump together. You have to jump first. Oh, we can't jump at the same time. Right. All right. Well, like, then just one like... of us is ending up on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Just your, your legs just hit the rocks. <laughs> I'm like, just drag me. Keep going. Uh, I can't do it. They come out of the door way too damn fast. You're just, you're stuck there. Um, Daddy, you can carry Daddy... me on your shoulders. <laughs> Daddy comes into the attic and uh, Alice, Alice chose not to jump. So fool jumps and uh, he's got no fear. He jumps and he escapes. I kind of like that it's just like, well, he gets out of here, and he does. Like, I really do like that. I thought this was the fucking end of the movie. I was like, in my head, I was thinking, well, I remember all this other stuff. What, maybe that was a different movie. And I thought this was the end of the movie, because then he goes back, He goes back, you know, to his neighborhood, and he talks to Ruby, and like, in the meantime, while, while um, Fool's back in his neighborhood trying to figure stuff out, um, Alice is back at the house being, like, thrown in, like... A, like a scalding hot bath and scrub till her skin's all red. It was super, di- it's super disturbing what these kids go through in this movie. Like these kids, like they, I, I don't think I've seen a movie in a long time where kids really like get their, their yeah. asses beat. Also, we learned that mommy and daddy are brother and sister. We do. We do. Well, we, yeah, we learn it. We learn it like while, while fool is back at his house because yeah, Ruby has done a bunch of research and realizes that, Mommy and Daddy own basically all the buildings on this in this neighborhood, and they they are making a living off of uh, of struggling people and like these people's addictions and all of that. And uh, their brother and sister they come from a long line of inbreds. Their house used to be a funeral home, which is why there's this like uh, crematorium in the basement. So fool goes to the payphone and calls child protective services, tells them that. Uh, there's a child in danger and that the police need to go over there. And what do they do? They go over there. They, they check the house. They don't find anything wrong. Um, and I kept thinking, why doesn't he just say, I feel like the, the thing I would have said at the payphone was there's a basement full of children. There's a basement full of boys. Right. Right. Because like- then the police would go down to the basement, right? They didn't go to the basement when they did their welfare check. They just kind of looked around the house and mommy and daddy got, got away with it. Um, I do like, like the, like, that they were like, oh, even though these people aren't, they're not even that good at, like, they're clearly annoyed at the police and rushing them. They're like, yeah. they're not even that good at pretending, but I like that we have all of these police officers that are there and all of them are completely falling for it just because they're like white and rich. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they, they like do seem like they're a little bit suspicious, but they, they could have found something in the damn house. There's a door to the fucking basement. Right. That that house has a bajillion secret compartments that we have seen throughout yeah. the movie, and the police don't find shit. Well, there's one secret compartment, too, and I think this was a fool's plan all along, I guess, is because he's just wanting to get back in the house. So he, he like, crawls out of the cabinet and, like, makes his way to the attic to uh, to Alice. And this, this part was, like, really disturbing. Do you know who Sylvia Likens is? Um, she was some, she was a girl back in the sixties who like her parents were like, they like worked in the carnival or something like that. And they left her to be taken care of by this like neighborhood woman or whatever, who just, I don't know, some, some woman who lived in the neighborhood and the woman in the neighborhood, like beat the shit out of her and like 
would lock her in the basement and have all the neighborhood kids come down and like beat her and like burn her with cigarettes and like you know carved into her stomach i'm a prostitute and like they like beat the shit out of this girl and this is what this scene kind of reminded me wait of. is that the girl that is the reason child protective services was formed oh i don't know i don't know i don't know what if that is i reason, fun fact when i was an undergrad my first major was criminal justice so i took a bunch of criminal justice classes mm-hmm. but then i learned i didn't do well on the tests and i was like i don't want to do this <laughs> um but there's like some girl that was abused and like the ASPCA had been formed, but not child. And so like they took the case because there wasn't a like group for protecting beaten children. And so it was like the animal yeah. protective, whatever took the case. But anyway, continue. Else, it I thought could maybe. be, you know, it was, it was such an extreme case of child abuse that is always stuck with me. I don't know how the fuck I learned about it at like 11 years old, but it stuck with me since I was like 11. Um, and that's what like Alice kind of reminded me of here in this movie. Because like, like I said, these kids go through it. Um, right. And daddy's in his leather gear and he like grabs his crotch while yeah, he's next to her. Awful. Like daddy obviously has some like predatory instincts towards Alice. And I was wondering if we were going to get that because it seems like it's kind of their thing. Um, uh, but fool makes his way up to the attic, kind of rescues Alice a little bit, tells her that she's not their daughter. She's not mommy and daddy's daughter. Like she was another child that they just stole. Right. Um, and so... I don't fucking know. Um, Daddy puts his weird-ass black suit on and goes hunting for Fool again. And uh, then we get the wonderful Emancipation of Alice. (laughs) She she challenges Mommy and, and, you know, basically tells her that she knows everything and stuff like that. And then she gets away. And uh, Mommy's pissed. And by this point, like, if she's mad at anybody, if these people are mad at anybody, they say... Alice can burn in hell. And that means that's signal to daddy. Daddy, go kill. Go kill Alice. And so they're on a hunt. And Wait, but did, it... did we breeze past the chimney? Yeah, because I couldn't remember what was happening there. Well, so they're in the chimney trying to get out of the attic. But no, I, they climb out of the house, but then they can't jump into the pond because she said it's filled with broken glass. Then they go into the chimney to climb yeah. in through the house. I actually do like... I like the kids fighting back. I just, I like when, I mean, I like anyone where it's like, oh, the person's tough, but I like that it's these like children and they're going to beat the shit out of these adults. Like I like that Yeah. because they drop a brick on daddy's head and then they're coming down and the mom puts her head out and the kid sticks his fingers up her nose and like pulls. (laughs) And I appreciate because like he's working with what he's got, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was good. And so mommy's pretty much pissed at Alice and says that, you know, fool's gotten to her. Um, there, she's not their daughter anymore, and Alice can burn in hell. And so Daddy goes hunting for Alice and a fool, and uh, they they both, like, immediately, <laughs> when they start searching for fool and Alice, I have it in my notes in all caps, they immediately, like, look in my hiding places. I, I said in our freaky episode that if you always have to have a hiding place in case, like, some serial killer shows up or something in my hiding place is you hide in the cabinets and like underneath the sink or something. And they, these people immediately start looking in all the fucking cabinets and I'm like, fucking hell. And also I will say <laughs> that I told Zach, I don't think either of us, especially not Zachary, cause he has broad shoulders would fit mm-hmm. in a fucking kitchen cabinet. Well, motherfucker, now I got to find something else. I got to find somewhere else to hide anyway, so... You can take a picture of you in your kitchen cabinets. Let, let's see if <laughs> I should do that. That's going to that's gonna be the, the thumbnail for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Me, I'll I be love... the killer this time. I'll be looking for you. 
<laughs> I love when Ruby shows up and bangs on the door, basically making demands. And mommy answers the door and she's all distressed. And, and uh, Ruby's like, you know, you've been doing this, this, and this to this community and we're yeah. not going to take it anymore. And mommy's like, basically, you and what army? And then like all these people come out from, from, I don't know where the fuck they, maybe they were all hiding behind a car or something. I don't know. But they, <laughs> it's this whole community of people um, standing on the street. And uh, I think it's a very nice visual. I like it. it I like a, a moment nice when everyone visual. comes together. It is fantastic. I will tell you a little bit later why I cannot stand it anymore. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to throw you under the bus. I wasn't going to say that you said that. <laughs> oh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Um, and then uh, Alice, this, you know, little white girl comes falling from the ceiling. <laughs> like This is what I remember. This is the part I remember from being a kid. I remember Alice falling from the ceiling and like banging her mother's head into the, into the floor. Um, they basically knock her out and Ruby and Alice go to save fool. But then like mommy's body's disappeared. And so Ruby runs back outside for some reason. And obviously the door closes and it's just a uh, mommy and, and Alice and mommy tries to kill Alice. I, I got to tell you, the actress here is made for this fucking role. She's made for this visual right here, holding a, like a butcher, knife, yeah. like a high in the air. Um, looking like dressed in like this nineties, like mommy 50s dearest combination, mommy dearest, like attire. Uh, it, it's, uh, what do you say? Ian chef's kiss. <laughs> 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 it's just perfect. But as mommy is trying to a- attack Alice and kill her, uh, the children from... So, wait. Okay. We need to set it up because we finally get a under the... St- we finally get our under the stairs. Well, that's what I had in my notes. I had I said, <laughs> It says the children from the basement, dot, 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 or dot, 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 <laughs> the people under the stairs. Ooh, that's the title. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they, we finally get our first people under the stairs. They start coming through. But it's like so weird because they come from under the stairs, but they also come from then the walls. And they they're come just coming from, from like, They're like coming from any cabinets, part of the house. And it's like, why didn't y'all do this earlier? Yeah. Well, There's I so think, many of y'all. Isn't it? Doesn't Fool go down there and then he like opens the lock and that's oh, why they did. Can? That's why. Okay. Yeah. Because right. they show him that like. Okay. Really ridiculous, cartoony treasure. As to why they would keep it's their treasure, treasure room, and as to why they room. would they would keep their treasure room where the people are locked is, yeah. but whatever. Listen, this is was, for me. Was, this this is the movie falling apart a little bit. This like end. If I was Jay Z and Beyonce, I would have an entire room devoted to my treasure in co- gold coins. It would, but all you have wouldn't to be have coins. it. Locked in your basement with the ghouls you keep down there. If I had ghouls that I kept in my basement, you got to give them something nice. You know, they're not going anywhere. They, what are they, they doing can, with the treasure? Playing with it, you know, rubbing <laughs> it through their fingers. And like, you kids have fun. Touch, touch the gold. <laughs> it, it's like an experiment. Give them a little currency and see what they do with it down there. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, but as, as they're, like, coming through the walls and cabinets and everything... Um, Mommy's still trying to kill Alice, and Alice stabs Mommy dead. Mommy dies. In the basement, Fool sets a trap for Daddy. Daddy walks right into it. Basically, Fool blows up Daddy and blows up, like, half the house with it. The the, the, the expanse of this explosion, I don't know how the fuck any of them made it out of this house alive. Because it, like... Right, I actually was worried. That I was like, wait, yeah. does this movie end with Fool dying? Like, I kind of I thought... Like, I don't remember the ending yet. It's... <laughs> Fool's always wanted out. Wes Craven, is this the way he gets out? 
<laughs> no, but Fool makes it out just fine. Um, and the house blows up, and there's like money and like dollars just raining down from the sky, and all of these people this community that have been standing in the street the whole time or like grabbing at it and stuff like that, which is great. Great visual of like them getting their money back and, you know, some rent for the next few months. But here's the problem I have with the community showing up earlier in the movie. It was great visual, but they didn't do anything with it. I thought all of these people were going to attack the house. They were going to like rip the like bars from the windows and like really be a group. And nobody did anything except for Ruby out of all of these people. Like, they just stood in the street the whole time. Right. So, like, where I the mean, hell were they going with that? Well, they would have been able to. I don't know. I I think it's a nice visual. I get yeah. your... I mean, my complaint is that all those ghouls leave, and they're like cannibals. I have that so. ear, too. <laughs> <laughs> I have ear. Ask Ian. Are these people a risk to society? Is like... <laughs> Like, I get that, of course, we want them yeah. not to be captive in the basement where they get nothing. Yeah. Um, but, like, just, like, throwing them out and giving them nothing, like, maybe, like, I don't know. Make sure none of them still have a taste for people. Right. Like, for all intents and purposes, they could run out there and just start eating those people that are in front of that I house. Mean, I mean, They're like, ooh, dinner, our, our, great. The children and the, the people under the stairs, they get out and everything, and so... Everybody lives happily ever Which, after. Which, in theory, is good. Yes, we want we want the ghouls to be <laughs> not captive. I'm not saying I'm yeah. pro-ghoul capturing. The movie could have ended earlier with Alice and Fool both jumping off of the roof and getting away because Fool had, like, a bag full of money. And he, by that point, he had enough for rent. He had enough for... Right, the grandfather. I don't, yeah, I don't know why he's still thinking about paying rent to these people. Um, right, also, they, they that's meant, weird. Like, no, kill them. <laughs> Uh, and he has enough to take his mom to the hospital and everything. So, but I mean, you know, there's a whole other half of the movie, and it's 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 okay. Um, I don't know. What was your favorite scene? Um, I don't know. I feel like I did. I now I'm like, what scene did I say was my favorite earlier? I can't. I don't know. Remember. Can you remember any? I think I think that one of the problems with this is that because it takes place really all in this house, it's it kind of all starts to bleed together a little bit. Yeah, yes. It very much bleeds together. Um, and like I said, they're just like circling the house and the house, there needed to be more, more. There needed to be more. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, I know I already brought it up, but like in Ready or Not, think about it. Like she gets out of the house. It's just like there's like the high fences that are, yeah. she has a scene in the stable with the horses where she punches that little kid. Like I needed a little <laughs> bit more. We have to cover that one. <laughs> I love that movie. We needed a little bit more space for him rather than like, oop, we're back in the walls and we don't really know where the fuck he is in the walls. Um, and you know, when that dog is sliding and let's like, I'm like, I don't know where this is going. Um, but God, what was my favorite scene? I, I have in my notes, I literally have favorite scene and it's blank. Um, I, I, I think it might be the, the chimney. Cause I like that they're beating the shit out of the parents. Like I like yeah. these children rebelling and like, you know, a brick to the head isn't nothing. That's like a pretty good attack on the dad and then like shoving his fingers up the mom's nose and just like pulling as hard as he can. I don't know. I appreciate anyone who's like working with what they got. Like he doesn't have any more weapons. So great. I'll just like shove him a touch of brain. <laughs> I think uh, I really like, I don't know. I really like anything between Alice and, and mommy. I, I like that whole, um, I like when Alice fights back 
I really like that because for most of the movie, she's just like huddled in a corner, wide eyed, right. you know, terrified. And I like when she kind of takes her power back a little bit more. Um, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, I don't know. I really have like such an appreciation for this movie, especially like like with current things going on and like, you, you know, we're starting to I mean, I guess people have always questioned class systems and like, right. you know, rankings and stuff like that. But we're doing that a lot these days. And it just seems like a very relevant movie, you know? Yeah, so. no, definitely. I I will, to its credit, I was very surprised that it was written by Wes Craven and there wasn't, it's like 91, and there's not a lot of, like, the black characters aren't, like, like Ving Rhames is an asshole, yeah. but he's not, like, a cartoon character of a black guy. I immediately looked up who wrote the movie, because I knew Wes Craven directed it, but I didn't know if he wrote it too. And and I saw that he wrote it and I was like, Oh, like, are we going to see like, you know, right. Bad mama jamma lines and stuff like that. Like, you know, um, I don't know, like Samuel L. Jackson, you know, take this motherfucker. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I didn't know if we were going to get those. Um, no one was tired of these people that are under the stairs, motherfucker. Right. And I'm not saying Wes Craven (laughs) did perfect, you know, writing for black people, but like it, it was, it was, I thought, I thought, all of it was good. It came together really well. Yeah. No, yeah. So, yeah. Agreed. Well, <laughs> well uh, okay. So we're going to end it. We're, we, me and Ian have been talking about how we're going to end episodes, and I think I've got a good one. Okay, so. <laughs> Are you ready for this? You have to participate. I'm not giving you a choice. Well, I don't know what we're doing, so no, I'm not ready, but sure, go. <laughs> say your, say daddy in the best way you can. <laughs> <laughs> Take a second. Really pull it together in your head. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you want? Me? All right, all right. Oh, <clears throat> daddy. Daddy. Oh, okay, okay. We've got it. <laughs> I went for a like. It could be horror. It could be porn. Uh, Who could know? Could be either. I don't know. <laughs> don't play it in public. I guess. <laughs> Well, where can they find My Bloody Judy from every day on out? We, you can find My Bloody Judy in SlayerFest 98's podcast feed. Um, Slayerfest, at SlayerFest 98 is the podcast on social media. Um, but where can they find My Bloody Judy on YouTube, Zachary? AZB bonus features. Uh, yeah. There you go. YouTube.com slash ACB bonus features. Thank you guys so much for listening and or watching. And uh, we hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye. Bye.